Tell us a little bit about the arc of philanthropy during this period and where you see it going now. So I, when I think about this arc, I actually think about a uh, something that happened to a friend of mine in the summer. She unfortunately, um, very painfully, was run over by a car and uh, found herself in hospital in London for uh, uh, a few weeks. And she was surrounded by friends, family, flowers, WhatsApp groups. Everybody couldn't be, do more to help and be, be present. And it was actually when she got home and it was a longer haul of recovery uh, and actually learning to walk again, that uh, that's when she really needed uh, continued support. So uh, that story to me is analogous to what's happened with philanthropy in Israel since October the 7th. Um, uh, the Canadian Jewish community has raised uh, over uh, 135 million Canadian dollars, which is exceptional given the fact that it's a, a 380,000, close to 400,000 uh, member Jewish community and relatively small considering how much it punched above its weight philanthropically. And that money was raised really initially in the first couple of months um, after the outbreak of, uh, of the war and, and, and since October 7th. And it was really a, an expression of uh, togetherness, uh, something really deeply umbilical that expressed the relationship of the Canadian Jewish community to Israel. Um, even today, I speak to friends, colleagues, members of family who live in Canada, and they say, we're not sleeping. We're thinking of you all the time. Uh, it affects how we, how we live our lives, uh, when we wake up, what, we, what the first things that we do. Um, and that philanthropy has been super important and super critical. Um, and really the role now of people like me that head up organizations that are responsible for allocations in Israel is to preserve that energy and also um, be smart and, con and considered when it comes to allocating that money. Have these funds, these initial funds, have they been dispersed yet? Or now this is the stage of distributing them to the various needs? So they have, some were, and um, approximately a third of our uh, philanthropic uh, um, our, uh, dollars, uh, what we call the emergency fund, have been allocated and uh, given to our core partners like the Jewish Agency for Israel and their Victims of Terror Fund, um, like the Joint Distribution Committee and its work that it's doing with weaker populations in Israel, particularly people with disabilities, um, with uh, organizations like Hatzalah and Mada that have obviously been on the front line. Um, and that was immediate and an immediate response to get, them, to get those resources where, uh, is, where Israel was bleeding and not just metaphorically, but literally. At the same time, uh, we know this is going to be a long haul. This is going to be, I think about the, the orphaned and I think about these children that are going to need to see the mitzvahs and they're going to need to see uh, their studies and they're going to need to see setting up a home, building, putting a mortgage down. So really when I look at this, I look at the long haul and, and we're saying to our communities in Canada, hold on, um, there are emergency problems with long-term solutions. When we think about resilience, we think about trauma, uh, we think about 
the north and strengthening the communities in the north that are going to need to be strengthened after, God forbid, what happens or even after what just happened. So we're saying be there now and be there for the long-term future. The idea meaning we are going to need your sustained financial support. Yes, and we recognize the unbelievable generosity of the Canadian Jewish community now, proportionately much greater than any other community in the world. And we're going to make sure that those dollars, we are responsible for those dollars together with our representatives on the ground in Israel that represent each community across Canada. We're going to be thoughtful and um, strategic about making those dollars go the longest way, bearing in mind what the government's going to give, what Israeli philanthropy is going to give, and making sure that we can do the best with those dollars and honor that generosity into the future. Is there any kind of a sense of a shifting in the energy as this conflict continues? Um, I don't think there is a shift in the um, kind of covenantal relationship, particularly of the Canadian Jewish community, but worldwide. Uh, but I think there is there are different stresses that are emerging back home, um, significantly rising anti-Semitism, what is going on on campus, and the way that this what's happening in Israel is experienced by the Jewish community across Canada, and the, the kind of home front that is also needs to be looked after and cared for uh, to ensure the safety and security and the well-being and that the understanding of what's going on for the Jewish community and the wider Canadian community uh, as well. Could that potentially translate then, you were talking about resilience here in dealing with trauma, that there might also be um, some kinds of currents for directing funds towards resilience of those communities, uh, the home front, as you called it, in dealing with such issues as anti-Semitism and strengthening and bolstering the Jewish community in Canada? I think... That's why the Jewish Federation system in Canada is so amazing, because they are both minded towards local necessities, uh, even those that arise overnight, and uh, ensuring uh, that Israel is safe, well, and ultimately thriving. So that's a fundamental yes and proposition for the Jewish Federations of Canada, and I think that's that's remarkable. And you had mentioned now talking about uh, long-term and strategic thinking for allocation of those funds for Israel. These are conversations that are taking place in the Federation and presumably, as you mentioned, the partners here who are distributing these funds for the various needs and determining yeah, what those needs should be. Of course. And and fundamentally, I mean, what we've been saying is we make sure that the people, the Israeli people, are at the center of these conversations. This isn't a conversation that should happen at any higher echelon. This should be a conversation that listens to the hearts and minds and, you know, God willing, the collective imagination and aspiration of, of the communities that have been affected. The Jewish Federation of Canada, UIA, we have a national viewpoint because we are affected from as far north as Matula. I was there a couple of weeks ago visiting leadership, Kiryat Shmona, all the way through to Beersheba, um, uh, to Sterot and Eilat. So we have a national vantage point, and it's really important to us that not only our partner organizations and the Jewish communities overseas involved, but really at the center of all this are the Israeli people 
these commu- the communities that have been shattered and dispersed and um, and making sure that they are a core part of that conversation.